what's going on, people? I would like to welcome all of you to another Q on One edition of the Talk to Q Radio Show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And with the Q on Ones, what I like to do is interview people. Sometimes they can be local entrepreneurs, or they could be someone um, who's doing their thing worldwide. Um, so it's an opportunity for you to get to know these people up and close and learn their story and what gave them the passion to do what they do or provide the type of service they provide. So please sit back and enjoy the show. And please be encouraged to share. A lot of people, including myself, kind of do their thing by word of mouth, you know. So the more you spread the knowledge about the show, then the more people who can tune in and grow this thing and make it bigger. And it also gives more support for the people who I bring on the show who are looking to get their product or services out to the masses. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. Dating has changed a lot since the turn of the century, and technology is influencing it even more and more each day. So where can we go to keep up with the evolution of dating? Well, my guest can help you with that. He's a relationship coach who now resides in the Show Me State of Missouri. Please welcome Mr. Rick Sotabeer to the Talk to Q radio show. Rick, how are you? I am great, Quincy. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, and I appreciate you taking the time. And we'll get right to it. Okay. Now, Rick, it's a whole new world out there when it comes to dating. When I was back in my 20s, back in the 1990s, things were pretty simple back then. It was easy to tell who was serious about relationships and who was not. People still had the mindset to date and get married. Fast forward to today, and that's no longer the case. Marriage is not in everyone's, you know, plans anymore. So... Let's start from the beginning as far as you're concerned. How and when did you realize that being a relationship coach was something that you could and wanted to do? I mean, can you give us a little background on how you got started and what is it exactly that yeah. you do? Well, that, uh, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been a student of self and relationship improvement for over, oh, gosh, it's 36 or 37 years now. And it's always been my passion. And it started out as, from a from a sales perspective, you know how to talk to people, how to how to close a sale, and and it just evolved into looking at me personally. How can I be more confident? How can I how can I improve as a, as a man, as a as a husband, as a father? And uh, and a lot of that, a lot of a lot of this evolved during a time when the the, the business part of it. A lot of that evolved when I was a financial advisor for, and I was one. Of, I was a financial advisor for over 20 years, and okay. uh, towards the end of my towards the end of my career, what happened is is I got a divorce and I lost passion for what I was doing. But I recognized that I've been a student of of self and relationship improvement for all these years. And a friend challenged me one day, and she said, "Well, what is your passion?" And I started thinking about it, and I, I had recently gone through my divorce and, and looked at all the people going through divorce and talking to hundreds of people about you know, their relationships and the mistakes they've made or the mistakes they recognized they made. And it, you know, there was a pattern there, and it, it just kind of struck me that I wanted to help people make better decisions on the front end, on the dating end of a relationship, as opposed to trying to fix a broken relationship on the back end. 
and I, I contend mm-hmm. that if we if we pay more if we pay more attention up front and and have more things in common and and watch for the red flags of bad relationships, we're not going to run into as many of those problems on the back end. So that's how I that's how all this evolved. And and uh, I started laying out the premise for a book. And when I was on on the phone with my friend again, and she started throwing out some good ideas, I stopped and said, why don't you help me write this book? She said, okay. And we were off to the races. In a couple of days, we had a working outline. And and uh, two months into the writing, I said, yeah, this is what I want to do when I grow up. So so here I am, seven years later, we published the book, and, and I've been coaching ever since. And I'm definitely going to ask you about the book in just a moment. Now, now, as a relationship coach, is your goal to help a person know what to look for in a potential mate, or is it more so to help them better themselves to attract the type of person they may have in mind? Well, it's a little bit of both, but I think that that uh, that comes in, number one, figuring out what they want, and everybody's different. Uh, so it's everybody has should, should have their own must-have list, and I – the the must have list is a uh, list of non negotiable characteristics that you want in a relationship. Not if it's oh, something that okay. would be nice to have. The, that goes on a different list. But the non negotiables should be on a list, and it should be written so that so that you can refer back to it. Because when we get into um, when we get into a relationship, start dating somebody, infatuation and raging hormones start taking over, and and we're blinded to the to, the, to so many of the red flags or the problems the, uh, that that are headed for us down the road. So what that the the must have a deal breaker list will do is help you step back from the infatuation, or the, some people call it the honeymoon period. Uh, it allows you to step back from that for a moment and say, does he have or does she have all of the things that I'm looking for? If they do, great, keep dating. If not, then it's time to say. Yeah, this isn't working for me. This isn't the relationship that I'm looking for. And then, then from there, they have to take an internal look and say, "Well, what makes me extraordinary? What makes me a great date? Am I the person that mm-hmm. I would love to date?" And 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 then if they have issues um, that that they see that say, "No, I don't like this this quality about myself," then that that prompts them to make some changes. Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. It really does. And um, a lot of times it's hard for people to look within and be honest with themselves about what they want. So uh, I think if you can help someone get there, then that's definitely a big part of the challenge. Because technology Uh has kind of opened up the dating game. Um, It's no more of having to meet someone locally uh, there's so many avenues in which to meet a significant other. Is one for, one form of meeting a person more efficient than the other? Like, can you learn more meeting someone online as opposed to in person? Or does one have maybe an advantage over the other? Well, I I think they can go hand in hand. And the the I look at online dating as nothing more than a tool. And it's a tool to help us meet people that we wouldn't normally run across in our normal walk through life. Even our social media is helps us do that. You know, the Facebook and and I guess Instagram. I'm not familiar with 
Instagram because I'm only on Facebook. But you know those those platforms, people can start to like you and and mm-hmm. um, you know follow you and do those things. So those those platforms are all a great way to to start getting to know people um, long before you ever meet face to face. However, in it, it's a very flat medium, so to speak, which means that uh, if somebody types something out or writes something out on on Facebook or uh, they they fill out their profile on a dating site, it's words. And you only get about 7% of the context of what's being written from the written word. The rest of it comes mm-hmm. from the tone of voice, in, inflection, uh, uh, that, that, that whole component is missing when it's written out. Um, facial expressions. Uh, so it, it, and, and plus, you cannot genuinely tell if there's any chemistry you know, I've I've looked at online profiles and I thought, oh my gosh, this is the perfect woman. I could fall in love with the profile, and it, it's and some people do. They <laughs> fall in love with the profile and think that this is this is their soulmate. Yet you you reach out and you get nothing in return. You know, they they they're not interested. So that that can dash a lot of dreams, uh, and and unfortunately with. Our, our smartphones and and you know all the apps that, that that go along with it it's really difficult to to collect, connect intellectually you really need to have that one-on-one time that face-to-face time even if it's long distance you know if you meet somebody I don't know 500 miles away you still have to make an effort to reach out there's only so much that you can do via via telephone or Skype or FaceTime or Zoom or you know whatever uh, whatever technology you're using to 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 see each other, there has to be a physical proximity. Um, so I don't again I don't know that any one format is or, or is better than the other. Whether it's meeting in person, eventually you have to meet in person um, because that's the only way you can tell if there's chemistry. I've I've met women that that we we could talk for hours on the phone, but the minute we got together, it, there was just no chemistry. It was dead air and mm-hmm. you know, just long awkward silences. So you know, it, it, you know, you can learn a lot about somebody before you meet, but there's something about meeting face to face that 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 for lack of a better term, seals the deal. Either there's a connection or there's not. And it doesn't mean if you have a, a connection when you meet, it doesn't mean the relationship's going to go anywhere. It just means there's a possibility. So technology has opened up the realm of, of, uh, of being able to meet a lot more people, but it's also the bane of, of solid relationships because the minute you get into a fight, you can always turn around and start looking for somebody else. It's not like the days of dating when I grew up that you know we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have computers. You had to right. and and some of the some of the people some of the young folks I've talked to, I tell them I would I tell them that that in my day, um in in my teens and twenties, I had to call by Wednesday for a date on Saturday. You know, that those were the rules. And now they just look at me yeah. and they laugh and say, "Yeah, we just text and 
and you know, say a bunch of us are going out and meet us here in two hours, and that's how they connect. And so, um, you know, it, 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 it you know, it, it's just some of the realities of of date, you know, the, how dating has changed for me anyway over the last forty five years. So um, it's 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 interesting, uh, and we do have to be aware of technology because. It, it's so easy to to just simply wipe somebody away. Um, a, a perfect example: I was dating a woman for a couple of months earlier this year, and and she decided it wasn't the right relationship for her, and and mm-hmm. uh, she rather than call or meet it face to face, she opted for a text, and I I lost a lot of respect for her that way, um, just simply for the fact that. You know, it 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 was such a, um, for lack of better terms, it's a coward's way out. Yeah, yeah, it it is a cop out exactly. So, um, I don't know if I answered that question sufficiently because there's so many positives and negatives about each. Um, you know, but ultimately you have to meet in person. Um, you know, just to see if there's that connection. So. I, I I no, I understood what you what you were saying, and I mean, and now with um, quarantine dating being a thing and people having to date virtually, I wonder just how much success they're having doing that. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's some struggles that come along with that. No, all I was gonna say is there are struggles with that, and and I've had conversations with people that are just terribly frustrated. I I manage a uh, I've organized a meetup group. And um, over the last few years, it's grown to about 5,000 members. And, and because of quarantine, we can't meet on a regular basis. You know, so we have to use Zoom or Skype you know, to, to be able to connect with everybody and, and to, to try to maintain connection. But there is something about being in person, being able to shake hands or hug or you know, that, that, mm-hmm. that a lot of people are getting frustrated with now because we're designed for connection and we're designed for uh, literally the physical contact. While some people don't like that, um, most of us uh, uh, need that just, just, to, um, just to maintain a good positive attitude. We need that connection to other people. I agree. And so as a relationship coach, how difficult is it for you to get someone to realize that they are actually the problem? (laughs) I mean, is it easier coming from you being the unbiased voice in the room, or is that one of the bigger struggles that a a relationship coach may have? Well, that's a fantastic question, and it it boils down to, uh, to one thing, whether somebody's coachable or whether they're not. And I've talked, and, and I can recognize pretty quickly if somebody's not coachable, because when we start talking and I start sharing ideas with them on or suggestions on what they what they need to do, uh, or the changes they need to to make, they'll it'll always be a yeah but, yeah but, and and they'll 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 take the conversation off. Well, he does this or he does that. How do I fix him? Well, no, it's not about right. how you fix him. It's what it's the attitude that you have. It's it's the mindset that you have. It's the things that you're doing 
there's, you can't fix anyone else. So if somebody's not coachable, those those signs will will pop up quickly, and you know I'll just say yeah okay there's nothing I can do for you, and on the other hand if somebody's really really um, interested in learning and they are coachable they're going to listen and uh, they're going to start implementing almost immediately. Uh, you know the suggestions that I make. I had a conversation recently with a woman that that uh, was was very emotional. She's uh, suffering uh, from some depression and you know just wondering why she gets cheated on so many times. And you know, and she went into some more of her life story. And and what it boiled down to mm-hmm. is she was carrying everybody else's burdens. She was worrying about the world for everyone else. And oh, wow. in, in talking to her, I, I I just simply pointed out, stop carrying all this baggage. And you know, it 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 was a a matter of the of that she was dating from a a position of weakness because she was lonely. She wanted to be with someone, and she wanted to you know to like I said, wanted to be in physical contact or or close proximity to somebody, and she doesn't have that right now. So what she had to realize and and what I shared with her is that she needs to get healthy emotionally first and not be dating from a position of weakness where she is. Whenever you're dating from a uh, position of need, I need somebody in my life. I can't live without somebody. Whenever you've got that mindset, you set yourself up to be used, uh, abused, and degraded and then you wonder why what ha- then you wonder walk away and wonder what happened you know it it's just um and and, and it just happens so often and so frequently so it's 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 a ma- sometimes it's not a matter of fixing a whole lot other than changing you know, unloading the baggage that you're carrying learn not to to um carry everybody else's burdens and that's that's difficult to do it's easy for me to say but it's difficult to stop worrying for other people her kids her family you know and, and everything else in the world um so it it we have to step back and and go back and and kind of start from a a blank canvas and start building from there you're getting rid of all of the baggage that she's carrying from ex relationships you know you can't live that way and and move into a new relationship, carrying all that crap with you. Uh, you've got to unload it. And then when you can get to a point where you can say, "Yeah, I'm happy. You know, I'm 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 comfortable with my own company. I enjoy my own company." And it doesn't mean you don't get lonely and don't want want somebody in your life. It just means, okay, if there's somebody there, great. If there's not somebody there, okay. You know, I'm happy. And so when you get to that point, then you're dating from a position of power. And um, right. and I'm not saying that you have control over anybody, but you're you're more in control of your own life and you can make better decisions about the people you date and the relationships you get into. That was a very good response because there is a difference between being alone and being lonely. And it's like loneliness can be the cause of so many bad decisions when it comes to relationships. And I I think that's probably why a lot of people end up with the same type of person, uh, you know, because they make those bad decisions, like you said, dating from a position of weakness. So that was very interesting. 
you, when you when you have that epiphany or when you come to that rec- realization, um, it makes life so much easier. It makes dating so much easier. And and um, uh, again, lonely. We all get lonely. You know, we all want to be with somebody, but but getting rid of that position of dating from a position of need or neediness or um, you know, I can't live without somebody. It's just it, uh-huh. it becomes so powerful when you when you can step away from that. All right. So from your perspective, what are some of the things that women should look for in a man? If they're trying to get serious about dating, what are some of the things they should look for? Well, I think there there's it's interesting you say that because I just wrote two blogs. Uh, one about what men should be, what what men are looking for in women, and what women are looking for in men. And you know, a couple of the things that that um, women should be looking for. Number one is 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 a man that's emotionally healthy. You know, that's you, somebody that's willing to to work on a relationship. Somebody that's not okay. doesn't always have to be right. Somebody doesn't always have to have his way. Uh, that's that's one of the one of the the critical things. Should find somebody that that is is financially stable. And it doesn't mean that he has to be wealthy, but he should have a job. Um, I talk to so many people that there are so many women that that actually make more money than men, and. Uh, the men end up leeching off of them, uh, you know, just just because they feel that they've got a sugar mama and and they don't have to contribute to the relationship. So you know those are those are a couple of the top things, um, you know, and just uh, there yeah, there's so many. <laughs> I can go on for an hour, uh, but those are <laughs> those are two of the top ones. You know, it's just. Uh, finding somebody that's emotionally healthy is 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 critical. Uh, if, you, if you find somebody that that has any narcissistic tendencies, or um, and they don't have to be a narcissist, but they it, they can have a lot of a lot of the tendencies. Um, they're a problem. Yeah. If they're codependent, that's a problem. Emotionally immature, that's a problem. So um, and and it doesn't make any difference how good looking he is. Um, how much stuff he has, uh, if he has any of these emotional these emotional issues um, or personality issues, then it's time to run for the door and and just walk away from those types of relationships. So on the flip side, what should men look for in a woman? Well, and that's going to be the, obviously um, I. I want to share that that men should be looking for an emotionally stable woman. Um, mm-hmm. It's it, and it's difficult because guys, women, women have emotions that we don't have, and um, they tend to hang on to things much longer than 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 men do. Uh, it's it's uh, and so women have to process process things differently. Um, they have to uh, men need to watch for for women to um in and how they how they talk how they act i mean if they're talking about their ex all day you know uh, during their dates and that's all they talk about they're not ready 
you know, and I and, and both yeah. both sexes need to take time between relationships. You need to heal. You need to grieve the loss of the of the the previous relationship. The biggest mistake I see men making is diving back into the dating world and trying to get serious with someone uh, without taking time to to uh, heal from the, the the past relationship, get past the 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 baggage that comes with that. And to learn what they did right and learn what they did wrong and be able to move forward. You know, obviously, okay, obviously men are very that. physical. Yeah, yeah. And quick question. Sorry to interrupt. So, um, no can having can having a rebound be a good thing? Um, yeah, as long as you don't want it to be a long term thing. Um, I, and rebounds are are exactly that. You're you're diving into a relationship without uh without giving yourself time to heal and we've all we've all been there uh, and probably more than once you date somebody fresh out of out of a divorce and you think you've got a a great relationship going and then all of a sudden it it comes uh, comes falling apart and and part of what happens as you're as you're coming out of a divorce or uh even being widowed or coming out of a long-term relationship we all tend to morph or, or um, adjust who we are to accommodate that past relationship. And it just takes okay. time to recover from that. It takes time. I, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. My ex, you know, 10 years before my divorce, she said she didn't like my sense of humor anymore. So that means I have to curtail who I am and, and my sense of humor and I'm I'm walking on eggshells for the last ten years of my marriage in fear of saying you know, of saying something that's going to offend her. So Ooh, it, it took good. me about two and a half years. Yeah, that's it, it, so. And and we all do this in one shape, form, or another. And it took me about two and a half years to really recover my sense of humor. And um, so the point is. If you try to dive into a relationship, you're still trying to find yourself, and your partner isn't going to know the real you. So if you if you manage to make this relationship work for a couple of years, it's you're going to change and um, or you're going to continue to repress things that you don't know that you're repressing, and that causes that causes anxiety issues and and a number of other things um, down the road, and uh, and you don't know why. Because you haven't had, you haven't processed any of this. Makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, a couple more questions, and we'll get you out of here, Rick. Uh, you you co-authored okay. a book called called Dating Backwards, and I'm assuming that's the book you mentioned earlier. Yes, sir. Dating Backwards: A yep. Practical Guide to Dating and Finding Your Soulmate. What does it mean to date backwards, and what can people expect if they get this book? Well, there's 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 a double meaning in the in the in the title uh, people date backwards in general most people start dating without knowing exactly what they're looking for and that becomes a problem because uh, we when we don't know what we're looking for we're just we're just dating and and you know we'll say oh she looks nice or he looks nice he seems nice and and we'll date and then you know Six months, a year, two years down the road, we realize, yeah, this really isn't working. Um, so the problem there is that that 
if you don't have crystal clarity about what you're looking for, you waste a lot of time in the wrong relationships. And we're only given a finite amount of time on this, uh, in this life that we have to spend. And if we spend it poorly, um, we end up wasting so much time. Uh, the other meaning is that the book takes you back to the very beginning, the, the very basics. We go backward in time and teach you how to get crystal clear in what you're looking for. Um, we okay. teach you to become crystal clear in what you don't want, uh, creating your, your deal breaker list. Uh, we help you become clear on who you are and, and what you bring to the table. You know, what, what makes you dateable? What makes, uh, like I said earlier, are you the person you'd love to date? Then, and communication is such a huge part of, of relationships. We, we take two and a half chapters to talk about communication and how communication, number one, functions and how men and women, how men and women differ in their communication styles because for us guys okay. for guys it you know the women are an enigma they start talking and we try to start figuring out their problems and that's the exact wrong thing to do you know they just want to talk they just want to share their problems you know they don't want us to fix it cuz they're working on the solution themselves they just want us to listen you know so you know guys when your when your woman starts talking, shut up. If you if you get the inclination of starting to fix or give her suggestions, stop and ask her. Do you want me to help you fix this, or do you want me to just listen? And nine times out of ten, she's going to say, "I just want you to listen." So anyway, communication <laughs> is a huge factor. Uh, then we start talking about you know we talk about the fundamentals of extraordinary relationships and all the working components of, of great, healthy relationships. And then lastly, we talk about uh, the red flags the, the, of toxic relationships. You know, like I mentioned earlier, um, we, we talk about narcissism. We talk about codependency. We talk about emotional immaturity um, and, and how all those things typically have signals or signs that, that most people don't recognize. And so if you can learn to recognize those signs quickly, you can walk away within, within in less than 30 days of meeting somebody uh, mm -hmm. if you're paying attention. And so the idea is that let's not waste a lot of time in, in, in dating and, and relationships if, if, if they're not the right person. The whole idea is to find extraordinary, to find your soulmate. And, uh, you know, if you're spending months or years in a relationship with someone that's not extraordinary or not your soulmate, you're just wasting time. And the whole time you're wrapped up in that relationship, in the wrong relationship, the right one can walk in and out of your life and, and you don't have the opportunity to connect. All right. Well, that sounds like a very interesting read. Now, where can people get the book? And where can people find and contact or follow you? Well, the, uh, the book is available on my website. It's at ricksodabeer.com, and that's R-I-C-K-S, like Sam, O-E-T-E-B, 
IER.com. And just go to the resource section, and uh, you can order it right there. Or if you prefer, you can go to Amazon, and it's available in paperback or the Kindle e-reader. And um, it's the same price either place, so uh, whichever is your preference. Uh, if uh, if you want to connect with me, you can follow me on Facebook. At, it's at Rick Sotabeer Coach. And you know, if you like my Facebook page, you know, click the like button. You'll get my daily tips, insights, and inspirations in 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 your news feed every day. And uh, you know, for your for your listeners, if they go to my website, right on the right on the front page of my uh, of my website, they can download a a free PDF. It's called The Five Biggest Dating and Relationship Mistakes and How to Avoid okay. Them. And and it, it, it's free. It, all you do is you click on the button, put in your name and, and email address, and it'll be in your inbox in, I guess, seconds. <laughs> and then you just download it. And, uh, right. you know, it's, a, it's, it's an easy read. It's, it's about probably about a five-minute read. And... Uh, and and so it's it's again it's free, and that that will also get them signed up for for all of my blogs that that come out every Thursday. In fact, mine just came out this morning, um, and you know they're done in 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 both written and video form. So if you if you like to read, it's it's in written form. If you like to listen or watch, it's in in audio and video, um, and on my YouTube channel. And you just go to Rick Sotabeer. Um, just look up. I think you just Google um, Rick Sotabeer YouTube, and it'll pull up my channel for you. Sounds good. Sounds like you're very accessible to anyone out there with relationship coaching needs. The book Dating Backward: A Practical Guide to Dating and Finding Your Soulmate. Rick. So to be here, I appreciate you taking the time to join this Q on One podcast on the Coffee Regular Show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, this was good. I enjoyed it. And that's going to do it for this T2Q podcast. Go to CoffeeQ.com, and that way you can sign up for the email newsletter and be alerted to new shows as they come out. I'm on Twitter at talk to q and that's Talk, the number 2Q. So I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast of T2Q, and I'll see you next time.